Welcome to the Investment Cuddle. I'm Gary, and today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Of course, I'm referring to 2022, the year that was. For many of us, it was a interesting year in many ways, and I just really wanted to take a moment before we head into 2023 and start thinking about what we should be buying and which ways up in terms of what on earth is going on in the markets this year. Just to have a little look under the covers of what happened last year. Because for some of us, it was okay. For some of us, it was bad. And for others, I suspect it was downright ugly. So as we know for 2022, I don't think it was a year for the faint-hearted. There was lots of volatility out there. A year in which our favourite growth stocks paused, retraced, or sank without trace. And a year in which the word value started to rear its head again. Value stocks, you know, that's buying things that are unloved, undervalued, and you think might have some upside. I wonder if we think there's some value stocks out there this year. Are we brave enough to buy them? So it's interesting, I think. So for us, we've looked at, did we just watch the market last year? Or did we watch the cycle and the economic cycle? And did we do anything about it? Did we just sit and watch in horror? Or did we go to cash and sit and watch in horror and then not be brave enough to get back into the market? So I think we'll also just have a quick chat about what to expect for the coming year because I think the the key thing for the rest of this year is to look at what we think might be the sectors and areas and possibly even, dare I say, funds and companies that would be worth looking at this year. Not that we give advice. We can only point in the right direction and obviously we don't always get it right. So. Excuse my French, but what the hell happened in 2022? In fact, what the hell happened to my returns? You know, if you were normally in a unit trust or an OIT, you might have been in one of the ones with the famous managers and, you know, used to having, you know, double digit returns every year. Well, 2022 was a double digit loss in most areas. It said, it was said it was the worst year in global financial markets since. 2008's financial crisis. Essentially, an $18 trillion route of the stock market. So that's just value. Oof. Gone. So global stocks lost about a fifth of their value during the year. Our famous tech stocks were hit particularly badly. Uh, the NASDAQ Composite Index lost a third of its value. Meta um, most of you will probably know that as Facebook. Then we've got Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Alphabet. Apple fell 27% last year. Amazon share price halved, and Facebook fell by more than 60%. Now, when you look at how much you need to return in terms of upside, I think if you lose 20%, you've got to make 25% back to get to break even. And this is something people really forget is, you know, you lose half your capital, like Amazon, you've got to make 100% of your capital back 
to break even. Put in those terms, that's kind of scary and why people talk about putting limits on their stocks, you know, down 10%, it automatically sells or down 20%, it automatically gets you out. Some of these numbers, frankly, for last year are scary. And if you were of the mindset where you just sit there and say, well, do you know what? I'm in bonds and bonds are much safer. I'm hiding there. Well, bonds weren't much better either. In 2022, we had a historically bad year, especially for European sovereign debt, given the fact that most of the central banks and the Federal Reserve were raising rates. This was what hammered them. So as you know, bonds, as the yield rises, the price drops. So normally you want, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a falling rate environment, you can make money off buying bonds. You know, something, something like, yeah, the US 10-year. For those of us in the UK, um, you can buy things like IBTL, which is your kind of 10-year US Treasury. And of course, in the US, that would be the TLT ETF. And then you turn around and say, well, what about these new currencies, the cryptocurrencies? Would that be a safe haven in 2022? Was it? No. Your Bitcoin lost two thirds of its value last year. Could have been described as a crypto winter in 2022. There was a number of trading platforms failed last year where people will have lost all of their capital. This makes the fact the FANG stocks look a good buy, possibly even bonds. And we know about the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, which that story continues to run in 2023. So you look around at the developed markets and you turn around and say, well, why, why, what would I have done? Would I have just stuck it in an index? And hope for the best last year. So when you look across the world, you know, the US was down last year considerably. The worst performing index was Netherlands, followed by Germany, and then the US. Japan was also in the in the bottom half, but not in the relegation zone. Canada was down, but more mid-table. And as we go towards the top of the list, the best performing, albeit still down, index was the UK, surprisingly enough. Had you had your money in the very unfavoured UK markets, you would have done less badly than anywhere else, which is quite amazing because the, the UK has not a favoured haven for investment in recent years. So when we look about what happened about returns last year, we'll take some advice from Mr. Buffett. So Warren Buffett in 2022, was asked various questions, as you can imagine, and he, and he made, made a couple of quotes, which I'll share with you here. So one was about cryptocurrency. So he said, if, if you told me you owned all of the Bitcoin in the world and you offered it to me for $25, I wouldn't take it because what would I do with it? I would have to sell it back to you one way or another. It isn't going to do anything. You can take the, pick the bones out of that one but he doesn't seem to be a fan, I think it's fair to say. And then he was saying about inflation, asked, asked about what's the best protection against inflation. He was quoted as saying, the best protection against inflation is still your own personal earnings power. 
the best investment by far is anything that develops yourself. And so therefore, I guess we can conclude that if you've got a job in 2023, try and keep a job. And that's the best way of battling inflation. If you can develop yourself in amongst that, all the better. So how did we do in 2022? Well, unashamedly, we hid quite well in a number of UK funds this year (laughs) and watched the fun unfold against a lot of the fund managers that I've been listening to through other podcasts towards the end of last year and the beginning of this. We were modestly up for the year as I heard, and I won't name the uh, fund manager involved, was asked how did they perform in 2022. He said they were modestly down. And when compared against the FTSE All Share Index, they underperformed. So essentially, an actively managed fund underperformed the FTSE All Share Index, which I'm guessing the fees would be significantly less if you'd gone and bought the FTSE All Share Index. So to me, it just goes to show that There's an awful lot of fund managers out there being paid an awful lot of money through the fees and the fee structure. And you have to ask yourself, did you get good value for money in 2022? I suspect probably not. And so we wanted to share with you our good, bad and ugly from 2022. So this isn't really a what to buy, as we talked about with the Barbarous Relics, the Precious Metals podcast. But what we did want to do was just give you a flavor of where we got to. So let's start with a bottom three in our portfolio. So I don't think we've shared really whether it's been Philip, myself, or Keith. We haven't really shared with you the portfolio or portfolios that we look at. And that's for good reason, really, because I think you just end up in a situation where you can bring your own bias into a situation and influence people in a way that we're really not trying to do here. We're trying to encourage you to make decisions for yourselves and raise topics that would encourage you to go and look deeper into things that you want to buy for you, your family and your future. So number three, we'll just look at top top three and bottom three. And we'll start with the bottom three with the fund. And, and, and this is unashamedly all investment trusts we'll talk around today because these are things that are in the portfolio and they either did okay, as we said, they either did good, bad, or were downright ugly in 2022. So at number three in the bottom three, was Vena Capital Vietnam Opportunity Fund. So the ticker for that is VOF. It's, as the name suggests, an investment trust that is engaged in investing in Vietnam. So currently pays a 3.3% dividend, as we are today. I think the good element of Vietnam is there's not that many ways of investing in Vietnam if you want a balanced portfolio. The other good element about the fund is that it's actively managed. So you don't have to sit there and concern yourself necessarily with the individual elements of that fund. 
and how they do that because you're paying them for that benefit or for that service. On dividend front, as we say, it's just over 3%. It's not the highest dividend, but I think for that sort of fund in that sort of market, it's not ridiculously small dividend by any stretch. And it's a growing dividend. If you use one of the sources we like, which is Dividend Max, their annual dividends forecast information shows that from 2017, which is the first year they started paying dividends in this fund, that it has slowly grown year on year. And we really like that because it's compound interest. And that's a nice thing to be having. So let's call that a good element. But for 2022, they were on quite a discount. And they remain on on quite a discount because it's an investment trust. So that's the value of the assets against the value of the fund. So they're on a negative net asset value. So everything's worth, in theory, the assets are worth more than the value of the fund. So therefore, you're buying at a discount. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not so good. But if they do close the fund, you end up with hopefully your money and more if they can realize that value. But it started the year up and ended the year down. So VOF was a 6% loss for the year. But a fund we still like. Are we going to lose our minds over a 6% loss? No. We don't have to like it. But it's a fund that is there for the long term. And it's about dividend reinvestment and holding for the long term in our view on that portfolio. Okay. So we mentioned bonds earlier on. This one I think we've spoken about in the past on the podcast. Henderson Diversified Income Trust. HDIV is the ticker on that one. It's a fund I really like. And that's not always healthy because when you like things, you again put across these unconscious bias on the fact that it doesn't matter how bad and ugly it gets, then you are in a situation where you continue to hold on for dear life anyway. And that's not always great. But anyway, this is a this is an investment trust that buys bonds and debt, essentially. So this is historically yielded about five percent, but as we'll go into, it's now paying a six point three percent dividend yield as of today. So this again is as the price of those funds drop, the yield increases. So it's a nice a nice dividend. Is that maintainable? That depends on the, the on, on how the fund and the management, the active management works over the over the coming year or so. But at the moment, at least, they seem to have reserves to cover that. And this is one that pays quarterly, not a growing dividend. Um, their highest dividend to date was in 2018, and then it's been flat for the last four years. So I'm interested to see what they do in 2023. But they are in quite a tough environment with the rates rising. If you're owning bonds that are at a lower level, then as the yields rise, you want to go and be owning high yielding debt. What do you do with the old stuff? Because essentially nobody will want that because you can go and get high yielding debt to replace that or instead. So yeah, it'd be nice to see this fund increase its dividend, but it's a high dividend anyway. So at least... The good part is it high, it's high yielding. The bad part is it's not an increasing dividend at the moment. And the ugly bit for 2022 was this investment trust 
was 16% down for 2022. Not a pretty picture. And you have to ask yourself the question when it's in that realms of getting down to double digit loss, what's the out here? Should you be billing this and going to get something else? And as part of a balanced portfolio, it may well be better bond funds out there if you are indeed a fan of bond funds. So that was number two on the list for the bottom three. And in first position in the bottom three, so I guess we could say this is actually bottom of the league for the fund, it's European Asset Trust, PLC. The ticker for that is EAT and EAT. So I guess it's quite ironic, really, given the fact that it did it did eat our profits in 2022. So the good element of this fund, we like this fund because it gives exposure to the European market. The bad part of this is for 2022, small caps got a bit of a hammering. And this is a large part of this fund is small caps. So again, for European Asset Trust, it's currently yielding a 6.3% dividend. Recent news from them is they are cutting their dividend in 2023. So that's bad, borderline pretty ugly. You don't really want to see that, but they're a, they're a trust that has been taking the dividend out of their dividend returns and capital. So if you've had a really bad year capital-wise, they're going to struggle to justify the dividend that they've currently got. So we've had an example of a growing dividend, one that's not going anywhere fast, and one that has been cut the coming year, but still maintaining a relatively high high dividend yield, I would say, is the the good element here. And it's dividend-wise, it's had a bit of a checkered past. It paid dividends in 2010 and 2011 and then didn't pay any for a number of years reinstituted the dividend in about 2019 and then has grown it since then for the coming year it's looking not so rosy for european asset trust so when i say they dropped i think the downright ugly element for european asset trust in 2022 was the fund drop 27 percent year on year so would you class that as a 25 percent drop or a near 30 percent drop that's a loss of a lot of capital, and that's difficult to take. But again, when we go back to where were we in terms of the other markets, would you rather own a balanced European portfolio of stocks or Apple as a single stock? Amazon went down 50%, Facebook more than 60%. Does that make European Asset Trust still ugly? In my view, yes, it does, because within our portfolio, you're turning around and saying nobody likes a 30% loss. And why should you? So let's go to the <laughs> slightly more positive news for 2022. So again, we'll look at top three and we'll do them in reverse order. So the first one on the list at number three is Henderson International Income Trust. Ticker for that is HINT, H-I-N-T. So this is an international fund, pays a dividend of 4.3% at the moment. Um, Another example of a fund which started paying dividends in 2012 and has slowly increased those over the last few years. 
a significant increase in its dividend in 2022. So we like that. That's a good element here. You know, they, they rose, they, they, the, the rise on their dividend last year was 15%. So if you're looking at inflation at 10 in the UK or, you know, seven or eight in the US and similar numbers, I suspect, in other, other parts of the world, you're looking around and going, actually, if I'm making a 15%, if I'm having a 15% pay rise from uh, Hint in 2022, that's manageable. Because if you were taking that for income, that would give you your inflation beating returns. So as we said, this investment trust, and again, we've, we've covered just investment trusts on this top and bottom three of 2022. Hint was up 4% on the year, which again, can you get excited about that? I think in 2022, you can because you didn't lose money. And that is a real positive when you are looking at the kind of behaviours and kind of performance that we've seen across the markets when we know it's been brutal. And it's probably worth saying in terms of the international funds, certainly if, you're, if, you, if you had your money in pounds last year, at various points you were quite a bit poorer than you were at the beginning of the year with the various debacles that happened about the, the, the pound getting weak against the dollar. But let's face it, most currencies were weak against the dollar in 2022. So number two on the list is another international fund. And again, as we say, keeping your money in non-pound-based funds or non-home currency stocks gives you some hedging against trying not to lose your value of your portfolio against other currencies and other countries. So, for example, the UK, tra UK travellers to the US are going to find things a lot more expensive. And consequently, the US visitors to the UK and many other parts of the world will find that it's a little cheaper for them for their holidays in 2023, albeit we know the dollar's weakening a little bit at the start of the year. So number two on the list is Murray International Trust, PLC. Ticker for that is MYI. This is a fairly large investment trust. Again, pays a 4.3% dividend, similar to, or the same as Hint. Um, again, it's an opportunity to keep your money into international companies or not UK-based companies. I should say Murray International rose 10% in 2022, which for us was a really good performance. Double-digit growth in capital within 2022 was fantastic and offset some of those that we've already talked about in the bottom three. This fund has typically grown its dividend, certainly since 2006, other than 2011 where it dropped. It has shown increasing dividends over the years. It didn't. It tailed off a bit in 2021, and then there was no rise in 2022. But with a lot of these funds, 2020, 2021, and 2022 have been really interesting years. So some of the funds have been able to raise their dividends, and some haven't. It's been looking to recoup the dividend cover that they lost in 2020, which, again, is a good sign. That's good because that shows good management of the fund. 
So there's two international funds. There'll be no prizes for what's at the top of the list, which fund did the best in 2022. And it was an energy-based fund. So for our portfolio, BlackRock Energy and Resources Income Trust, PLC, or BERI, B-E-R-I is the ticker on that one, did exceptionally well in 2022. So BERI, because of where it's at at the moment, is paying a 3.2% dividend. This typically does not pay an increasing dividend, albeit, interestingly enough, I guess where we are with in terms of energy, it did increase its dividend in 2021 and 2022, but it hadn't done previously. And I guess with increasing energy prices, that makes sense because energy hadn't really gone anywhere in terms of price for quite some time. Um, we like this fund because they, when we have heard them, the, the fund managers uh, give presentations, they generally are trying to look at getting this fund moved into a bit of green energy as well as your traditional fossil fuel companies. And I think last time we, we heard them speak, which was a little while ago now, they were about 50% traditional against 50% renewable companies. So you look at that and go, that's not quite where the energy transition is, perhaps you could argue. But I think what they're showing is they're showing a, a desire to move the fund into a more renewable and green area. And if you're looking at that sort of stuff, where do you, you know, where do you look to buy where you still might want to return? And, you know, Berry was great in 2022. The fund rose 28% on the year. If you look at, you know, if you look at what happened with you know, the S&P 500 in terms of the American stock market, the NASDAQ, you know, you're talking about a swing of 30% up and they were down, you know, 20, 30%. It's massive. It's a preservation of capital. It's a growth of capital. And if you turn around and look at that as, as allocation of resources, what have we got there? Certainly for UK investors, energy and having your money in international funds was a good move. Because we said there, hint, you know, modest, modest up 4% on the year. Murray International up 10% and, and BlackRock Energy and Resources up 28%. So hence why the yield on that is down at 3% because as that's risen so much in price, the yields drop back. Um, I think that's been sub 3% certainly through the year and the price has um, dropped a little bit from its peak. But that was really good performance in 2022. And so now we look at the 2023 and you turn around and say, okay, well, what next? You know, as Jed would say from as president in the West Wing, what next? And so we looked at that and said, well, actually, what we want to do in the first part of 2023 is probably look at more energy investment. And we're going to try and bring you along on that journey by looking at different funds, different companies, and working out the best ways, in our view, of trying to invest in this upcoming energy transition. So as you know, we've got you know, solar, wind, geothermal, and all the elements within that, fuel cells, hydrogen. There's a plethora of stuff to invest in. And some of it's making money, and frankly, some of it's not. And there'll be some speculative stuff. And there'll be some stuff that is just going to perform well with a, some sort of return for your money 
regardless of what the price is doing. So we're looking at dividends as well. So that's what we're going to try and tackle over the next few months and into 2023. So I hope you'll enjoy that journey with us. But we thought it was just worth looking at 2022 in reflection and saying, you know, if you were pretty steady last year, you weren't chasing the growth stocks, you were looking at dividend investment, something around value, you probably did okay in 2022. And you're certainly not smarting in the way that some of these other funds and indexes were. So it's great to say slow and steady wins the race. I think in motor racing, that's just not true. Um, but in the markets, sometimes you have to know the conditions out there like you do with, with, with driving. And you turn around and say, if it's a bit slippery out there, just go steady. And I think that's where our portfolio is perhaps not the most exciting. But I thought it was worth taking you through some of those investment trusts and just to give you a sense of the breadth of how they performed last year. You know, as the uh, verse goes, you know, he giveth and he taketh away. <laughs> and we just pray that we get less taken away than we get given. <laughs> so thanks for listening. As I say, we'll be back with some more information about energy and resources and that kind of stuff. Chasing various performance for 2023. We don't know. But I think in terms of looking to the future, hopefully that will be useful. It will certainly be useful for us on our journey of investing. And we'll see you next time. This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only. None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities, nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.